Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and today only deals. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the July edition of your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, spooky content, and real-life tales of the unexplained. Monsters at Midnight, brought to you courtesy by the Zima Podcasting Network Productions. These you're fired! Oh, shit. <laughs> How many times do you so, get fired? I'm your host, the Wiggly Bones himself. <laughs> I'll do the real one. I'm your host, your favorite escaped madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. Join with me, as always, is the doctor himself, fresh out of the laboratories at Zima Podcasting. Graham Zima, how are you today, sir? To answer your question, Jolyn, I will fire him as many times as I damn well, please. Get fired again. I am doing fantastic. It is Monsters Midnight. It's the best horror podcast on the internet. Yeah. And you don't want to miss it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. God knows you don't want to miss it. And that cackling from the beyond is no one else other than the Wicked Witch of the North, Jolene Dormady. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Yeah. Here, once again, Monsters at Motherfucking Midnight. Yep. And we are here with another, uh, another more lax editorial segment for you. Basically, uh, we're going to be discussing... The role horror has had in our lives, our experience with horror, what horror meant to us, means to us. Essentially, the TLDR is why we are the way we are. So, bolt your windows, lock your doors, turn out the lights. Monsters at Motherfucking Midnight rides again for July of 2018. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. So... I don't know. Who wants to start? Graham, let's start with you. You you weren't really on the last episode, so let's start with you, Graham. When did you start getting into horror? I want you to go back to the year 2007. And just remember, I don't know, I don't, you don't really have to remember that time in your life. But for me, in 2007 Shrek is when I... Oh, yes, that did come out that <laughs> summer. Did it really? I'm pretty sure. Um, I... Actually, no, no, 2008. Excuse me, 2008. Uh, the year that Mamma Mia came out. Oh, hell um, yes. That was the worst horror movie I've ever seen. Uh. No, um, I, in 2008, was introduced to horror through... What was I introduced to horror through? I mean, there were a variety of films, um, a few of them being black and white horror films, other ones being more in the 70s and 80s, and to... Tell you which ones those were, I would have to really dig into my memory bank. But from what I remember, that was kind of how I got introduced to it. And for, and I'm, I'm sure many people have had this similar experience, 
for quite a good amount of time until about high school even, I would argue, until high school, watching horror was not only interesting just because I've always loved the genre, I've always liked to be scared, but I also, it was sort of this revolt against my parents. Mm. I was never at any point encouraged to watch horror films. My parents have never been into horror films. I mean, my dad did say that when he was younger, he was interested in like Friday the 13th and he watched Halloween. Like he's seen all of the horror classics, but he would never call himself a quote unquote horror fan. Mm-hmm. So I just, but I, I was having this like really interesting time. I didn't watch, I, I literally, I would watch any type of horror movie from about sixth grade until, you know, ninth and 10th. And once I got to like ninth and 10th grade, that's when I really tried to just focus in on like quality horror films mm-hmm. And, like, really tried to indulge in as many of the classics as I possibly could. Really tried to understand, like, the roots of horror films. But up until that point, I was watching anything that Sci-Fi Channel was putting out. And let me tell you, for people that are listening, you probably know what Sci-Fi Channel puts on during their 31 days of Halloween. Some are good, some are really bad. Just Mm kind of depends on what you're going to get. And so that's how I really got introduced to it. So I... You know, I, I have my experience with the classics, but I've also seen just some really, I've seen the TV movies, I've seen, you know, the drive-in type movies. I've just seen a, a wide variety of horror, and I think that that's kind of helped me, like, develop my appreciation. Um, and then once I got into, you know, high school, a lot of my friends have always, I mean, my, my friends in high school, their biggest genre was horror as well, and, and we all tried to watch you know every Halloween we tried to, to pull on the classics also you know the more modern releases um, and stuff like that so yeah I it was it but in the beginning it was very much like this both appreciation but also this sort of revolt against my 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 parents because I don't know I guess that's what uh, middle school Graham was into mm-hmm. sticking it to the man yeah <laughs> <laughs> so feisty today. All right, Jolyn, I turn it over to you. Um, actually, I, I think my my thing was almost the opposite because my like my mom is really interested in like ghost stories and stuff like that. Um, and you know, for pretty much every Halloween, we we end up like like she would help us make costumes and um, you know, we'd always watch Halloween themed movies and um, like black comedies were always, you know, kind of the norm in our family and we'd always just, you know, decorate our house kind of insanely with like gory dummies that we'd make at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, w- she always like really encouraged kind of like creepier things, I guess, stuff like that. Like we'd always watch like the Adams family and things. Um, but it wasn't until I got a little bit older, I think I was like 12 or 13, um, where I watched some classics that I realized that I was like really into it. Um, because I'd always been into like creepy movies, but not necessarily horror films. Mm-hmm. Because in my in my mind, horror films were kind of like the sort of torture porn movies that were coming ar- out around that time, right. or they were the franchises like mm-hmm. Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, which admittedly I didn't like at the time, and still to this day, like the original few, I do. But like, I mean, my my general opinion is that they have a tendency to beat those franchises to death. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't like that growing up. I, I wasn't into that idea of just like another masked murderer. You know, I just, I didn't, at the time I wasn't as into it. I like it a lot more now, you know, 
like looking back on things and like the way that the effects were and stuff like that. But um, but at the time, the the few movies that we watched during a Halloween party one year were The Exorcist, uh, Night of the Living Dead, The Shining, and I think The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I I fell asleep at some point, but I was really excited the whole way through because I mean. Yeah, and I mean, to this day, I'm, like, obsessed with The Shining and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, you know, also kind of The Exorcist and also kind of Night of the Living Dead. So here, here we are. Um, but, yeah, and then I guess as I got older, I got more into reading, like, uh, horror novels that were related to, like, those horror movies. So, like, The Hellbound Heart for Hellraiser and the exorcist book and and stuff like that i got into a little bit later so then i kind of like revamped my appreciation for it um and then you know as i got older still i was i was looking more into movies i hadn't seen before like i remember at a young age i got really into like freaks which is like that movie from 1933 i think Mm -hmm. um so i i had heard of kind of like the not like the mainstream older movies but i mean stuff like nosferatu and and stuff like that where it's Mm kind of like People know that those movies exist, and I mean they're classics still. But um, and then as I got older, I was looking more into like the kind of campier, off the wall horror movies. Um, also, I guess when I was younger too, I, I was kind of interested not in like horror plays per se, but like plays about because I was like a theater kid. Um, I was in the Crucible at one point, so you know I read a lot about that. I, w- I don't know if I'd call it horror though, mm-hmm. um, but or gothic. Yeah, and, and so stuff like that I was really interested in, too. Um, and, yeah, but I think it was the, the Halloween party with those, like, four kind of key movies that really changed my opinion on things. Because I think I once I realized that there was more of an art form to it and it wasn't just, like, blood and guts for the sake of blood and guts, you know, it, even though now I kind of appreciate that, <laughs> you mm. know, I, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, that's my answer. Here we go. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. My, uh, think, why do I like horror? You've never seen know. a horror I've movie in your goddamn life. life. You're right. Um, no, it all started when I was young. Uh, for you youngins out there, there's a comedy, there was a comedy duo called, well, named Abbott and Costello. Lou, uh, Lou Costello and Bud Abbott, they were a comedy duo who did many, many movies. They're famous, who's on first routine. If you've heard that joke, they are the ones that brought it into the mainstream. They had a series of movies that were themed around them meeting the famous Universal monsters. So the first one that I saw was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which had the Frankenstein's monster, the Wolfman, and Dracula in it. And not only that, but actual Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman and actual Belly Lugosi as Dracula in it. And... That way, I mean, obviously it was a comedy, but it spooked me as a kid. And I think that kind of piqued my morbid curiosity of classic monster movies because around uh, Halloween time in the coming years when AMC would do their, uh, what did they do? Fear Fest. Fear Fest. I, that was another one. I, I should have mentioned that when I was talking because it was Sci-Fi's 31 Days of Halloween, but I was way more into Fear Fest because it had just a higher quality. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Fear Fest recently is kind of sucky though. They always sh- they always show like Halloween four, five, and six, and it's like wow, the best know? ones. Uh, the Thorn no, trilogy. Um, but no, I, uh, so my mom would tape the old Universal monster movies off of TV 
uh, back when taping things was still a thing too for you young in the south there. Um, so I would I would watch uh, Frankenstein. I I know I think I've seen the Wolfman. I remember bits of the Wolfman. I think I've seen the creature from the Black Lagoon, but it's all it's been years, and I'm talking many, many, many years. Um, but Frankenstein and Dracula I've seen in more recent memories, so that's why I can recall those better. Um, and then, I, I mean, horror was always something that I wanted to get into, but always I was always too much of a chicken when I was younger. I think that was my problem, too. Yeah, and then when I was in fifth grade, I went to a Halloween party with my family because there was a friend of the family who was having a Halloween party. And they, on a bed sheet out in the backyard, they were showing a movie. And I didn't know what movie it was. I just saw it was in black and white. And so I just figured I'd sit down and watch it for a while. Turned out to be Night of the Living Dead. Oh. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Watching it out. I watched. I came in about halfway through and watched it to the end. But it just scared the absolute Christ out of me. Uh, watching it outside in the dark. And that, I think, was at the point where, the turning point where I then wanted to get more into horror movies. But um, it was, it wasn't really until, uh, I would say, eighth grade or uh, freshman year of high school is when I finally committed and started watching horror movies. Because Night of the Living Dead traumatized me for so fucking long um, that I didn't want to watch anything. Then I finally did, and I haven't been the same ever since. Halloween was the big one that I watched when I was a freshman in high school that I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Horror movies are where it's at. And then, of course, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And here we are now, and I have not seen any horror movies ever since. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true. Long story short, Matt's old is what I gathered from that. Long story story short, I've been watching movies since the 1940s, and... Whether the movies are from the 1940s or from the 1940s, folks. I am a vampire. Is. That makes sense. Or a madman. A you know, the all the above. The continuity on this show doesn't make any sense because I introduced you as a mad scientist. You you change from episode. To I was going to say we're, you were the groovy. She was the groovy goulette for a while. Yeah. She was a voice from the beyond. An episode. Well, I guess it Will you make up your damn mind? I'm, just, I'm just a ghost. This episode. I'm just a ghost. Uh, well, we're all vampires too, because at the end, I was, we always talk about coffins and dust. That's true. That is true. We're you, all of the above. I was going to say, great radio, radio Matt Schaefer. <laughs> um, so uh, the the more broad question, I guess, is how do you think horror has shaped you? I mean, obviously, we do a monthly podcast, but. Bes- Aside from that, how has horror shaped you? Jolene, I'll start with you this time. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess, like, because I have been so involved with writing, but I never really knew what route I wanted to take in terms of writing, because uh, I tried a bunch of different things as I was getting older. Like, and I wouldn't even call it necessarily comedy. I think I tried, like, fantasy at one point. Uh, like I said, I've tried, like, romance. Definitely didn't work. Um but once I focused in on horror and just kind of embraced the creepier side, I think that works a little bit better for me. So creatively, I think it's helped a lot. Um, also, I mean, like, I, I feel like every time I see a horror film now, it's like a learning experience, you know? Whereas if I see a comedy, it's just kind of like brain candy. That's what I call it. I don't know if anybody else does, but... Um, 
where it's just kind of like you can turn your brain off and laugh a little bit. I know. Um, Okay, yeah, because um, I mean those and those movies have their place, and I think like it, it's not like those things are easy to make either. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I'm watching a horror film, it's like, you know, I'm I'm watching how they're using camera angles, if they're using it to like create a little bit more suspense, or if they're highlighting like a certain aspect that we'll have to pay attention to later, or um, you know, like the effects they use, are they practical? Are they CGI? Is that real blood? Is that, well, I mean, not like real blood, but is that like practical effects is that blood? real blood? <laughs> is, it, is it blood like that they're using on set or is it, or is it CG? CGI? Yeah. Um, I hate CG blood. I Side do too. Note, it's, it looks, it always looks fake. Yeah, I don't and like it. And it always, that was, <clears throat> excuse me, when we would talk about the, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. That was my biggest problem with the mm-hmm. show is a lot of the effects were CG. I know, and that yeah, I feel like that made it lose a little bit of its heart for me. Was because like most of the fun for for me and I think for a lot of people it was the practical for, effects. Yeah, but I mean, even in Army of Darkness, like it was. I think they used like a lot of miniatures and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but of course, they ended up having to use like a lot of like camera effects too in mm-hmm. order for that to work. But I think. In a sense, that worked because a lot of it involved miniatures and stuff like that. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't all just CGI. But, yeah, I've, I I, think I said this before, but I, I think that's kind of why Ash vs. Evil Dead didn't do as well. Was because, like, the, the fan base that they have, I, I think, like those films because of the effects. Or at least it's a factor, you mm-hmm. know? So you're not going to get the same crowd with that. But... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that got kind of off topic. <laughs> but So how has horror shaped you, Graham? I'm the same piece of shit I was when I started watching horror films. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, hmm. Hmm. I mean, I think in a more specific sense, horror films have just shown me what I'm afraid of in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think that's what's so interesting about the genre in general is it, it's very revealing as to what your fears are of, like, just in life and and what things make you tick and what don't. But in a more broad sense, hmm, just me personally, I mean, it's obviously a, a very... I don't know if I don't know if even connective is a word, but it's a very like it brings people together mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think many genres do. Right. Like when when a, when you have a group of friends or just people in general that gather to watch a horror film, like it, there's a very like community feeling when you're all watching it because if there's anything we know about horror fans, it's they're passionate. Mm-hmm. and their love for being freaked out or being grossed out or whatever, it's strong. And when you meet somebody else that has that similar passion, you connect with them. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think you get that with something like comedy. I mean, you do, but just not to the degree that horror has done for years and years. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so I think in that way, it's kind of, it's brought me closer with friends in particular um, you know, I look back very fondly at the period of time in high school when we did gather and watch, you know, whatever horror film, whether it be, you know, Friday the 13th, whether it be Halloween, doesn't really matter. It was it was always just a, a wonderful experience. So I think 
what it's done for my personal life in terms of friendships and all that stuff, I, I have to credit a lot for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's the biggest takeaway, me personally. But I think what I was saying um, earlier was that um, I, I really do appreciate how it also has revealed my own personal fears. Mm-hmm. You know, as weird as that sounds, like you, you don't want, you almost like, it's kind of weird to be like, oh, I like how I know what I'm afraid of now. Like, right. like you, 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 you don't want to encounter your fears a lot, but I, I, I do appreciate how, and I think that also makes it really interesting. Um, as I was saying before, you know, when you walk into a horror film, you may come away with something that you're like, wow, I didn't know I was afraid of that, but that, right. mo- that film showed that to me. Well, it's like a, it's like a way to face your fears in a safe environment mm-hmm. in a sense. Cause I mean, like, cause, uh, I don't remember what, I think it was in February when we were talking about like the psychology behind, uh, why horror movies make really good date nights. Um, and oh, it's because yeah, of the, right. the yeah. fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Um, it also like releases a lot of like adrenaline and dopamine and stuff. So, I mean, in a sense, because you're fight Makes or you flight. Makes you ready to fuck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or fight. <laughs> but because, uh, your fight or flight response is triggered, then you kind of, um, I mean, it's not that you necessarily begin to understand how how to like confront that problem, but you know, maybe it's very primal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, maybe like deep down, you're kind of slowly solving how you would um, approach that problem. I don't yeah. know. I said primal to make myself sound smart. I'm a complete jackass. Let's just <laughs> let's keep it real here, folks. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, way horror uh, horror has definitely affected my fashion sense. I think ninety percent of the T-shirts I own have something to do with horror movies. <laughs> Loser. Yeah, um, pretty much. As it's affected my, but it's affected my taste in general. Like when I was a kid, I always loved Halloween. When I was a kid, but now now that I'm an adult and it's not ex- acceptable for me to go trick or treating, of course I'm like super into Halloween now. Um, the appreciation for I, did we touch on this during one of like the October episodes? Like the appreciation for Halloween is still there, but it's completely evolved. You yeah, know? it's true. like it's just like. It, it, it's one of the it's the same thing with like Christmas I guess you could say like you, you get excited for that holiday in a different way now but I've yeah. just yeah it's like like what I used to be interested in, in as a kid True. for Halloween is just completely it is weird to think different. that like uh, and this is gonna sound so fucking pretentious but like Halloween for me is like a state of mind like just like the 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 time of year and the way like especially since we live in Wisconsin the way the trees look and the way the neighborhoods will look if people actually decorate and stuff like that and just that that delightfully spooky feeling i i get around that time of year where i just want to curl in and watch a horror movie it's it is it's it's weird and i don't know but that like that is what horror movies are to me and no matter what time of year it is but like i can and Horror movies to me are that weird kind of state of mind that uh, they make me feel creative. Honestly, they mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's just because a lot of them are a lot of the ones I am attached to are done by were done by at the time up and coming directors who had no money to their name, and so that's something that I've latched onto, and that's why the genre is very personal to me because you can do so much with it so very with so very little. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. I have a weird fascination with 
watching horror films during the summer. I don't know what it is. I like it too. I do too. I almost watch them. Well, that's a bold statement because I watch a lot during October. But in more recent years, I found myself watching a way more in the summer. I don't know what it is, especially in like July, like yeah, around when the it's fourth, like really, really hot. When, I don't know why. Like around Fourth of July, I'll watch like a crap ton. Well, that's when I. That's and you're gonna. You're not gonna care, but that's when I dig out the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, because all those movies are about going to camp, and so that's Fair. like, well, oh, that's like, true. Yeah. I do those, and then I do like, uh, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because mm. it was oh, really yeah. hot. During I that did time that. Yeah, I, that was a few years back. Mm-hmm. I did that, and it's like because they're sweating and you're sweating, and you're yeah. like, it's like I'm there. Yeah, no. But then then you gotta do the Shining when it's like blizzarding. I always do that. Yeah. I, always I do, do that, that around Christmas for yeah. some reason. Yeah, same. I mean, technically, most of The Shining would take place around like Thanksgiving and Christmas when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, it's right around the holidays. Um, oh, that's uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I don't. I try to watch. The, I don't know. I mean, I watch them year round, but yeah. it, for whatever reason, I like my two like peaks in terms of when I watch horror films are like July and obviously October. Then that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, what is, I guess, uh, uh, next question, next uh, think piece is, uh, what does horror, the genre, like, mean to you? Like, like we know how it has affected you. What does it mean to you? I kind of already uh, stated that, that it means to me, like, the creative energy that I feel and how... I'm inspired by the genre because you can do so much with it, especially when you're a beatnik like me and don't have anything to your name. So I guess what does the genre mean to you guys? I'll let JoLynn answer this first. Okay. Um, Well, I guess like part of it is, um, I mean, sort of using like the, the ideas in your brain, the fear aspect of life in general, which is not really something that most people want to think about and, and using that to create something. And I mean, a lot of people, they like make art when they're depressed. Um, if something like particularly makes them sad, they'll turn it into something. And I feel like a lot of like dramas end up coming from that, you know? Um, but so in a sense, that's, that's what these horror movies do is that mm-hmm. they, they feed on fear. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting because it, it gives us an opportunity to sort of like delve into an area of our mind that, you know, it, it excites us, but we don't, I mean, especially since it's like, I mean, not a lot of us are going to encounter like a murderer most of the time, you know, I mean, people do, but I just mean, so it's like, it, it gets us, it lets us experience those things. Not that we would necessarily want to, but we can just sort of like, try it out for a movie you know and I think that's that's kind of fun um and so I guess yeah I don't know it's just kind of well that and like paranormal stuff too it kind of works with that because a lot of us you know middle of the night you wake up hear a noise it's fucking terrifying mm-hmm. your brain just goes through like the millions of things it could potentially be and I mean a lot of those go get turned into horror movies which is kind of fun too mm-hmm. um and like especially uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this with a comment so I can bring up a movie I saw recently before we're done talking today that's, that's <laughs> because fine. I want to talk about it. Um, but the last thing I'm gonna say about it is, uh, like it, a lot of the twists that movies use also play into that like fear aspect. That you know, it it just it it delves into something that it's like 
it's something that we can all relate to, like a deep down sort of fear. And like, so a lot of the twists that those movies use are things like that, where it's like, you know, like where we were talking about it before, where uh, like the whole town is in on it, mm-hmm. you know, having a whole town that's like conspiring against this group of people or these people or, you know, um, yeah, just like twist endings like that, where it's like, or even in Texas Chainsaw Massacre or um, House of a Thousand Corpses, where it's mm-hmm. like the people that you go to for help are the people who are going to mm-hmm. like, well, I guess not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but House of a Thousand Corpses, like the people that you, yeah, um, try to get help from are the people who are going to end up like trying to murder you, you know, it's yeah. they just play into fears, which is fun. And I, I guess kind of obvious because we're talking about horror movies, but whatever. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Um, it basically means what I said about, like, like, my experience with it, like, it's just, it, excuse me, it means, uh, fond memories, um, basically everything you both touched on, like, it's very, it incentivizes me to be creative, and also, it allows me to understand that section of my mind, so I feel like all those three combined are what horror films mean to me. Yeah, that's that's really. I mean, I, I don't think you both could have put it any better. So cool. Also, I'm just a. I don't have any opinions. I'm a hack. <laughs> You're not anyway. a hack. So I guess we'll. Um, this has been a good like think piece section. We'll just uh, we'll close this out with some. We'll do a round of horror movie recommendations that right now we think you should check out because i know jolyn desperately one always do this I'm has sorry. something that she wants to talk about which is totally cool th- um yeah. so grant and graham and i cannot we have to graham and i need to think of a horror movie that we have not talked about on the podcast so we would like you to check out oh, shit well so, it'll take me a while to talk through this so all so, right, right jolyn take it away okay go jolyn um, Go, Jolyn, go, Jolyn, go. All the pressure okay. in the world. Go, okay. Jolyn, go, okay, Jolyn, go. Anyway, um, so I I just saw this movie. Um, I don't know if it's getting like a full release or not, um, but it is called Ghost Stories. It's, uh, it's written and directed by uh, Jeremy... What the fuck is that? Let <laughs> That's me see. a strange last name. <laughs> Um, Jeremy, what the fuck is that? Dyson. There we go. My own handwriting. It's horrible. Um, but it's written and directed by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman, I think. Is that how you say it? Or Neiman? Um, but it's based off of a play that they wrote. And the cast is, like, pretty remarkable. Uh, it's Martin Freeman. You would recognize him from, like, Sherlock or The Hobbit. Um, and this guy, Alex Lothar. Um, and he was in that show on Netflix, End of the Fucking World, which I know... Uh, had a pretty good reaction. Um, and he was also in Black Mirror and The Imitation Game. So he's been kind of, he's been doing a lot. Um, really great actor. Um, also, Andy Nyman, or Neiman, I'm not sure how you say it, uh, who's one of the writer and directors, plays the lead. Um, and then, well, it's like it's like four leads, kind of. Uh, the, the fourth is Paul Whitehouse, who uh, voiced... The March Hare in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. He was also in uh, Finding Neverland um, and the third Harry Potter movie. I think he just had like minor roles in those. Um, but anyway, it follows this uh, Professor Philip Goodman who works as a paranormal investigator. And uh, he sort of has based his life around debunking myths and exposing fraud, uh, like paranormal occurrences. 
Uh, and he's pretty much given these three separate cases that uh, are supposed to stump him and, and then maybe change his mind about paranormal occurrences in general. Um, one is, uh, let's see how, how I can do, say this without giving anything away. Um, one involves a night watchman with like, he has like disturbing visions during one of his uh, evenings at work. Uh, one involves an anxious young man who, um, he, he gets into a car accident and then he's like haunted by it. Um, and then the last one that involves Martin Freeman uh, involves him being haunted by the poltergeist of his unborn child, supposedly. Um, and then these three stories sort of like, they have parts that relate to each other and they all seem to intertwine with the life of the main character. Um, but this this film, the reason I, I said it kind of, because I've been dying to talk about this, uh, the uh, this film has kind of a twist ending that really plays on like some deep dark fears, I think. And um, it, uh, so I, I said it started as a play and by the end of the film, you really start to kind of understand like the play aspect of it. Um, it really mixes together well. And I, I would say the final scene, it almost looks like it is being filmed on a stage. Like I'm sure that's not how they did it, but it, you, can, you can see where that, they just took the last scene directly out of the play. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, absolutely horrifying in in like the way it's filmed. There are a few jump scares, which like they don't feel too cheap because it's not like every minute. It's just often enough to make you a little bit unsettled. Um, but yeah, uh, I highly recommend this movie. If uh, if it's playing near you, Ghost Stories, go check it out. Um, yeah, the the actor uh, Alex, I believe. Alex Lothar, um, who's in the end of the fucking world, he kills it in this movie. He's just like, yeah, he, he does a remarkable job. He's, he's a very believable actor, and I, I really hope to see him do more in the future. That's awesome. Gramps, got all this caffeine running through my veins. Yeah. <laughs> and so, while that's happening, I must, to all you younger listeners, you must go and watch... OG Twilight Zone. I'm telling you right now, folks. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, go check it out right now. Rod Serling is one of the greatest sci-fi thriller horror writers I've ever come across. I'm using a lot of hand gestures right now. This is radio, remember, Grant? I know. I'm <laughs> terrible at it, so who even knows? Um, I, I promise you, they're all available on Netflix. I believe they're also on Amazon Prime, although I can't say that for sure because both of those platforms put on and remove content every single day but it's on netflix it's all of the seasons from the og twilight zone and yes there are some stinkers in there as with any tv show but the golden moments of twilight zone are the most influential things across all media well and primarily in tv and in film but those stories I mean, everybody wants to praise, and I have nothing against the show. This is not really a knock on the show, but everyone wants to p praise Black Mirror for how inventive 
and creative it's been. It owes everything to Twilight Zone mm-hmm. across the board. It owes everything. None of you don't get Black Mirror if you don't get Twilight Zone. Sure. Um, Twilight Zone showed in a lot of ways what an anthology show can do and the impact it can leave, and how you know stories that aren't interconnected can still be great and still push the boundaries and and there were there were plenty of shows that at that time were very much against the norm um so i think if you have not checked it out and this is more for younger generations who are listening i know you're out there um go check it out it's fantastic it's it really is and every single year around june i seem to just binge the hell out of this show again i could watch each episode i oh here's a good thing if you want to get into it it's not an official plug, although I would love if Sci-Fi sponsored us. Um, every year, New Year's Eve to New, through New Year's Day, and then the Fourth of July, Sci-Fi hosts a 24-hour marathon of the Twilight Zone, and it really is a great time. Um, it, it, it shows all the greats. Uh, yeah, so if you're looking for something to do in the middle of all the commotion of both of those holidays, check it out. So Twilight Zone's great. Films that I haven't talked about on this podcast. Uh, ooh, um, hmm. I can't really. If I you're, just if meant, you're, I just meant don't tell people to watch Sinister. Damn it. Um, <laughs> that is a really good movie. It is a really good house. movie, but they know that. Tell them something new for kids. Watch the uh, Sleepy Hollow oh, yeah. animated film. If you if you're having kids or like have kids or you are a kid, which you shouldn't be listening to the show, go to bed. Sure. Um, can I can I add something directed to potential child vis- visitors? No, Whoa. no, no, no. Child <laughs> they listeners? can't. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. go for it. Um, but if somebody, uh, yeah, I'd, okay. Anyway, if you just had kids and you're trying to like introduce them to the horror slowly, slowly but surely, have you guys seen When Good Ghouls Go Bad? When Good no. Ghouls Go Bad. Yeah, no. I want to say it's, it's not based- real. It's based in Minnesota, and I think it was R.L. Stein. Okay. Um, but just look into it. Christopher Lloyd is in it, and it's oh, fantastic. It is, uh, it's so pretty. It's also, so good, just, and it's terrifying. Show your kids the nightmare before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one, too. Uh, hmm. Gosh. You know. And then let your children visit us. You know what the worst thing about oh, this yeah. is, is? As soon as we wrap this show up. You're going to think of something. I'm going to think of 40 movies. I'm like, ah. That would have been great to reference, but, um, gosh, you know, honestly, when it comes down to it, you do some searching on the internet, on Netflix, on Amazon. That's honestly the biggest recommendation when it comes to like finding horror films to watch is to go into it with as little knowledge as possible. And and that goes for all movies, but I found with my like horror film selections, like the best ones I've come away from have been the ones that I've just like popped onto on Netflix that have been like, oh, that looks interesting. The poster looks interesting. I may have heard that this is a classic I should check out. Turn it on, and it becomes one of my instant favorites. That's just I feel like that's just the way it works, and especially with the horror genre. So that's my biggest tip is if you want to find a a, a good horror film that's going to really impact you, you just got to do some searching. you find it on your own. Yeah. Well. I mean, obviously watch the classics, Halloween, Friday the 13th. Get that knowledge, that history um, of horror in cinema. But when you're trying to find more modern stuff, uh, really just the internet's your best friend at that point. Sure. 
well, I'm not going to pussy out like Graham. I'm going to recommend something to you guys. Uh, watch The Guest. It is uh, d- written and directed by the same gentleman who did your next. Um, that's Adam Wingard, isn't it? Correct. Um, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, more of a thriller than a straight-up horror movie, but still very good. Uh, a soldier uh, returns from war, visiting a family of a fallen comrade just to pay his respects, and the family offers him shelter for some time and strange things begin to happen from there on and that's all i'm going to tell you uh it's a lot of fun um make monroe who is in it follows is in it and she's pretty good i think the man who plays the lead soldier and i could be wrong on this played the beast in the live action beauty and the beast that just came out um, it's very exciting. It's very suspenseful stylistically. It's really good. Has a very invigorating soundtrack. Um, it's worth watching. Again, takes place around Halloween, so it's a good time to bust it out. Well, it's a good time to bust it out at any point because it's a fun movie to watch. And if you're a fan of your next, it's worth checking out. So I think that'll that'll do. That'll do. Don't that'll do it. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to this uh, July episode of Monsters at Midnight. Jolyn, thank you for being a part of this. My pleasure. Graham, as always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm your host, Matt Schaefer, and we return to our coffins as the sun rises above the hills. We wait for it to return below the horizon where we shall emerge and wreak havoc on the streets once again. Have a groovy evening. Hey, you didn't fuck it up. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dan. It's the semi-annual sale at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get huge savings of up to $500 on our top-rated mattresses. We have more than 15 beds with over four-star ratings on sale store-wide. Like our fan-favorite Serta Memory Foam Queen mattress, now just $397. You won't find this deal anywhere else. But hurry in, this sale ends Tuesday. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and today only deals.